0: I Love Mortgage Brokering, Episode 9. Want to learn from the top 5% of mortgage brokers in the country? That you have come to the right place. Join Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi Broker Nation, I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today, Heidi Duran. Heidi is a mortgage broker with Mortgage Architects. She's based out of Central Alberta and she's been a broker for 11 years and prior to that worked in the credit union. How's it going today, Heidi?
1: Awesome, thank you very much, Scott.
0: So I always like to start with you, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your business.
1: Um, Well, I'm one of the few that's actually born and raised in Red Deer that's still here. And I've been in the financial system for about 27 years. Um, I finished my last foray with the credit union as VP of marketing. Um, I got into the mortgage brokerage as an independent 11 years ago. And I love it. I can. I. It's so rewarding to me that I can help see people get into their first-time home, help them move up, help their friends, help the parents size down. It's it's, it's perfect. I love it
0: you're the perfect guest for this show Then I love mortgage brokering. Cause I, honestly, when I told my wife that I was doing this show, she's like, you're going to have to convince yourself that you love it. <laughs> and But what I've found is that when I talk to people that are excited about it, I, it, that excitement rubs off on me. So then, you know, it is a great business as long as you focus on, you know, the, the <laughs> things that you can control and, and work hard and not focus on, you know, a bunch of negative stuff. So yeah. the, what I like to always like to start with is, a, oh, I just want to ask you about your business. So you have, how many assistants do you have and subbrokers and what's sort of the layout of your business?
1: Well, we, we operate as a team. So there's, there's me as a submission agent, but we all are one team. We're the Central Alberta Mortgage Architects team. And there's six of us in total. And what we find by doing this is that we, we gain synergies from the business that each other is doing with our lenders. Um, it gives us status with some of the ones that do require that of us, although that's not what we actually intend to do. Um, we never put anybody somewhere because that is best for us. It just It's a bonus if it does work out that way, but we always do what's best for the client first. Um, the other thing, too, is as a team, you know you've got somebody to cover off for you if you want to take a holiday or get out of town for a few days. You also have other people that you can pick their brains of to say, what have you guys been finding out with ATB, for example, or what's been happening with the turnaround times at Scotiabank or whatever. There's always something that you garner from each other because everybody has their own unique um, markets. They have unique kind of clients and it always brings out something that you may not necessarily know from the clientele that you specifically are dealing with so when we get together and talk about, so what are we finding in the marketplace? We always get something of value from what others have learned on the team.
0: So with your team, then, are you guys, Is your team like salaried, or are they part like? Nope. How, how?
1: Nope. They're all we're all independent brokers. We just put our our um, applications through together as under my name for submission agent, just so that we actually get the benefit of the volume from each other. And in my eyes, like everybody succeeds if we all succeed, because then we do, we get better interest rates, we get higher um, commissions on our applications, that kind of thing. So, everybody earns their own income, nobody's on a paid salary or anything, and their expenses are their expenses, but we have a collective office that they can come into and meet with clients if they need to.
0: And then what about your split of A business to B business? What would you say your percentages look like for that?
1: It's... Because when I first started 11 years ago, I actually set out to target the B market because I didn't want to be chasing the same ambulance that everybody else out there was chasing. And it's been really interesting because a lot of these people have moved out of the B category and into the A category because we've helped work with them to say, "Here's, here's what you need to do to get out of that, the alternative lending world and out of the higher fees and rates. This is what you have to do to get to that next step so you can go into the A credit lenders. And a lot of them have actually managed to do that. And some of them, it was just, you know, uh, poor circumstances that were beyond their control, like uh, divorce or sickness in the family or job loss or something like that that put them in the position they were in. It wasn't necessarily something that they did because they just didn't know any better. So a lot of my B clients have gone to A clients and and I don't even like using the word B be because it's just people with different situations. Um, and my actual split now has changed so that I would say um, better credit people are now at, I would say 60% of my business where my alternative people are probably 40%, 30 to 40%, somewhere in there with a little bit of commercial, but um, it's it's really changed and a lot of that is just because my clients changed their sick situations or circumstances for themselves. So it's it's really rewarding. I love it.
0: And you've coached them a little bit. So you so yeah. you would say previously you were actually more and I, we call it B because that's just what everybody in the industry calls it, you know, and it's yeah. not that that means they're anything any less of a borrower, but so you would say was it, previously was it more B and less A? Yep. Yeah.
1: And it's it's totally turned around, and that a lot of that just repeats business from my clients.
0: Okay, that's awesome. So before we go into your story, I'd love to I love quotes and a success quote that's impacted your life or business. So could you share with us a quote that has impacted you?
1: Um, one that probably everyone's heard a million times: "The harder I work, the luckier I get." And you don't necessarily have to work hard, but you have to work smart, and you actually have to work. And I see so many people that say, oh, yeah, I've, I've worked so hard, and all they've done is paper shuffle. And it really didn't accomplish a whole lot. So I just think that the limits are what we put on ourselves, and that's what I like to live by. My and, limit is myself.
0: And, and can you give me an example of, I love that quote too, I've heard that one, obviously, I've heard that lots of times. And it's a, So the harder I work, the luckier I get. Can you give me an example of a time you applied that? in your business where some outcome was maybe luckier or, or not luckier. where I'm, I'm doing quotations in the air, but you can't see me. But <laughs> a uh, that you had an outcome that was surprising because of the work uh, you put
1: in. Yeah, actually, I've got one that, that just happened here about a year and a half ago. I was working with a client that decided to buy a home from a new home builder. Um, there was no real estate agent involved. And one of the things that I like to do is I always want to keep in touch with whoever is on the other end of that of the sale so if it's the new home seller agent or the realtor or whatever i always stay in touch with them and and give them a kind of a daily or or every other day update as here's where we're at here's what's happening here's what we need to to finish this um application and it it gives them at least some kind of a guide or timeline as to when this thing is going to be done how it's going that kind of thing And so, this one time, and it was actually over Christmas, when everybody's not thinking about working and everybody's saying, oh, there's no business, and in fact, there is. The thing is, if you stay in touch with people, they're going to appreciate it. And I stayed in touch with this salesperson from this new home builder, and I had no expectations other than I just wanted to let him know, here's where we're at, especially during the Christmas season, because it's like days on, days closed, et cetera. So at the end of the whole thing, when we actually got the application done, approved and finished, file complete, he phoned me back and he says, I want I, I would really appreciate it if you could come into our office and meet with us. So I went into the office first thing in January after everybody was back from their Christmas holidays to meet with that group and I ended up becoming their go to mortgage person for pre qualifications because they were just so pleased with the fact that I stayed in touch with them. I, le- I kept them up to date on where we were at and the fact that I was working during Christmas. I mean, I wasn't obviously working Christmas Day, but so many of us tend to, to get lax on the, oh, it's a holiday, so I'm not going to do that much. I'm just going to relax. And there's still people out there needing our services. So it, that, I just kind of fell into it just because it's something that I was normally doing anyway. So it was a nice surprise for me
0: you're so lucky Heidi know <laughs> that, that's so true though I mean you put you you, you basically treat people cause I know that for me when I work with a lender when a lender doesn't get back to me like we get very frustrated at lenders it's that don't communicate
1: because you don't know where you're at yeah you know, like oh. looking at it or are they twiddling
0: their thumbs or what yeah is it just in cyberspace and so we but yeah. we sometimes forget that the people who are waiting on us feel the same way right and and yeah. it's like hey there's some letters that I won't even deal with anymore and I won't name them but you probably would know who they are and <laughs> but yeah. because of the lack of communication and and so yeah. it's the same thing with with our referral sources we you know and I've heard this numerous times now and I totally agree with you so your communication with the with this home buyer or home builder turned yeah. into opportunity for you, that
1: oh yeah, and they're one of the larger home builders in Central Alberta, so it was a bonus for me. I loved it.
0: That's awesome. I love it. Yep. So the other area that I like to, to talk about a little bit is failure. I know that in my time being a mortgage broker and an entrepreneur, I've made some mistakes. And if maybe sometime my wife will do a show of all the mistakes I've made.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I'm not going to let her do that. But can you share a time that you failed at something and then with some, what you actually learned from it? Because I find you can actually still, there's always a lesson there if you pay attention. So what's... Uh, well, I
1: mean, way back at the very beginning, I made the erroneous assumption that all lenders typically use the same... Um, benchmark rates for to calculate their interest rate differentials for their payout penalties. And way back there was um, at the beginning, 11 years ago, there was a lender who's no longer in the business today that used um, a rate that they never clarified in any communication with us. So my assumption was they were using the posted rate of whatever that term was left for the mortgage to calculate calculate the difference and it was some bond rate that I still to this day can't figure out how you would even find what that bond rate is. So that was the biggest lesson I learned really early is that you really need to know specifically how are these things calculated before you start going and suggesting certain lenders to your clients. So they need to know upfront this is you know, I mean, yes, you might be getting a super screaming rate, but here's how the penalty's calculated.
0: And so how, how was that a, can you give me like, how was that a failure? Obviously it was a failure. You didn't understand it, but did was, there, I, was there a bad outcome with the client?
1: Well, they, they went to sell their house and the payout penalty was about $4,000 higher with this one lender than if I would have used another lender. So I felt really bad for that because I myself didn't know that they were using this bond rate. And so now I try and make sure I do totally understand because it's something that even if if someone plans to be in their house for five years, life happens. You don't know where you're going to be in five years. That's a long time in today's world. So if you need to move, what's the cost to get out? Like if if we're starting our careers and we have to move to a new location, for example, what could be the downside of this mortgage if we have to um, pay it out and move? If they can't port it or like what are the other alternatives there? If, if they do want to pay it out, what's what's that cost going to be? How is it calculated? So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm for sure. There's always a lesson that I, I find with me too. I'm working with lenders and, what, and you start to discover things about them the longer you work with them. And sometimes you discover things that you're like ha- – surprised and happy, and other times you surprise, You find out things that you're like, hey, you know, I'm not crazy about how this... Well, how this and
1: you and I even discussed that this morning about this one lender who had a payout penalty that worked out to about 4.5%. Yeah, I know. I still, I'm still can't figure out how some of these lenders, I know what they base it on, but if you even ask them how do you calculate it, they can't even calculate it, but at least if we know here's the rates they use then at least you could kind of come up with some kind of an idea of what the penalty would be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like a little bit like a random number generator that just goes up every time you ask.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: So one of the, one of the other things I've noticed talking about mortgage brokers is they, have, they all have a system. Either sales systems, they have you know follow up systems, and and they're also willing to tweak those systems or processes in order to get a better result. Can you share an example of like a system or a process that you have? and an adjustment you made, and then the outcome from that adjustment?
1: Um, I, at the beginning, was doing my own newsletter because I personally think the reason Facebook is so successful is it's become a community of sorts, and the reason that I think it's important is humans are such a social animal and we want to know how other people are doing, what they're doing, if they're you know, in a good situation, bad situation, whatever. But Facebook's become kind of this community, and I before Facebook was even really popular, going back 11 years ago, I wanted to have my own community um, with me as a broker because I think what keeps my clients with me is my personality and how I am with them. It's not the company, it's me. And I think they, I know everything about these guys. When they come in and they, we may sit down and meet and they tell me all kinds of things about themselves, but a lot of times I think there's no time for me to really give them a glimpse into who I am. So I thought that it would be kind of neat to create my own newsletter, which I was doing in paper form way back when. And um, I would put something, I always wanted to put something in there about me personally that had zero to do with business, just so they felt like they knew Heidi Dandrant, this is who she is, you know, piece, a glimpse into my world because I've already had a glimpse into their world. And it was hugely successful. People talked to me like I put silly things in there. Like um, my one group of friends, we got together and we were feeling sorry for the birds because it was so freaking cold out there. It's winter. We need to make some birdseed wreaths for these guys. So we got together and had a party and made a bunch of birdseed wreaths. So I put that recipe into my newsletter and I was shocked to see how many people love that stuff. Or I was talking about this one time when my husband showed up with a trailer that I never got to have any input in. And, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but when I walk into a trailer from camping, I like to hang up my coat. I don't want to just throw it on the floor, but the trailer he bought had no closet. So I was ranting a little bit about that. But there was it was amazing how many comments I got back about, oh, yeah, my husband did this or whatever, or my wife did that. But it, it helps them relate to you as to something that they can can relate to themselves. And I'm starting to see that now on Facebook because I'm adding a lot of my clients on Facebook to me personally and it gives them, I mean obviously you, you don't put silly things in Facebook. If you do, that's your stupid problem. But um, it, it helps them to get to know who you are and you shouldn't be putting anything on the internet that you don't want everybody to know anyway. So it became my new newsletter of sorts, but it's not something I have to type out anymore. It's something they get to see. So that that's really been interesting to see how that's changed.
0: And that's it. well. First off, husbands are easy targets if you're looking for material <laughs> for for yeah. for newsletters or Facebook. You know, I'm sure my wife would be. Oh, she could write a book. So that's not really fair. But I, you know, I'll uh, I'll leave that. But so you went from your change was. Newsletter and with this idea that the newsletter was also a way media, to media, yeah. Just and you switched to using Facebook because it was just everybody's on there anyway, and then it yeah. was a way to stay connected post funding, yep. pre funding. When do you yep. add them?
1: Um, after I've done my, my transaction and they've taken possession of their house, then I've then I make sure I get them on my face or add them on my Facebook. And then I've also got my Facebook page for just the company, which is different I use it differently than I use my personal Facebook page. With the company Facebook page, like Central Alberta Mortgage Architects, I put on their tips about, you know, neat things to do with your house or cleaning solutions you can make with vinegar and lemon juice or whatever it is or um, here's some interesting website-like things. Like it becomes a resource. I don't wanna sit there and advertise rates and products and stuff like that. I would rather it become a resource that this is something you can go to that anybody that has a house doesn't need to bookmark this on their own Facebook page anymore. They can go to my page and it's all there. Like how do you have how do you clean your windows with, with a homemade solution that doesn't leave streaks? Like that's something everybody wants. So now you don't have to bookmark it or save it yourself. You just, you know, you can go to my page.
0: And okay, last question on this topic, but do you do those posts yourself or does someone do it for you?
1: Yeah. No, I do it.
0: I okay. Do. Because then it's obviously you and not someone else that's, and yes. it's your voice.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what, what one habit do you think has made you successful for the 27 years you've been lending? Levin as a broker. What's the one habit you think has made you successful?
1: Um... I always wake up every day and my if somebody asks me how I'm doing, it's excellent. I never say anything different because you get into a mindset. If you say that enough, you, you walk the talk. So even if you're having a bad day, you don't bring it to work. People don't care what's going on bad in your life. So you have to stay upbeat. And I think by, by using the right verbiage when you talk to others, you create a connection, you have you create a relationship, and you also keep yourself upbeat. And I think that my energy level is what attracts so many people to me, and that's how I keep my energy level up myself. is you know there's no such thing as a bad day. Everything is excellent.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, one of the one my phrase that I like to use is people ask me how I'm doing, I always say outstanding. And and then they, they always stop and they go huh and I'm just like well any day above ground is a good day and and I, I totally agree with you it's it's all about a mindset and that the more positive you are then the more when you're interacting with people they're gonna pick up on that if you're you oh know. yeah
1: I mean and it, it caring that's the number one thing that has always made me successful caring about the people on my team caring about my clients as much as sometimes I get frustrated with the lenders I do care that they are inundated with applications, so I want to make sure that when I send all my documents in, it's as complete as I can be, so they don't have to go back a million times and touch the file. It's just, if you show someone you care in their environment, it really makes it really impactful, I think.
0: hmm oh, I agree. I just lost my questions, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, I actually jumped ahead too far. Okay, what well, this is what I was gonna ask you. That one thing I've been noticing or a lot of talk lately about is this idea of diversifying your income. So either getting into insurance or GICs or and so what's your take on diversifying your income and is there an area that you're focusing on? And um, yeah.
1: No, I'm not diversifying it really because I'm busy enough right now looking after my clients with their mortgages. I know that that there are offices out there, but I because I think I'm still a small player because we're in a smaller market I'm still busy enough that I don't need to be going and looking for other things to do I don't want to water myself down to the point where I'm not doing anything well I'm doing it okay and at this point I'm happy with where we're at mortgages is good for me I'm happy with with doing that
0: yeah, and I, I, yeah, there's definitely, I, I see a theme, and it's hard to do, you know, a, a bunch of different things really well, so there's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where I'm, I don't know where I'm, I'm I fall on that right now, I'm still sort of in, I'm still yeah. exploring both options, but I feel like you're right, If you there's an awful lot to to be a good mortgage broker, is, it takes a lot of attention, so just stick to that, and don't worry about well, these I'm other here's things. the
1: other thing, too, is let's just say you invite someone that wants to partner with you and do their insurance through your office jointly. What if they do a bad job? I don't know anything about insurance. Um, I don't want to have to go get my license. I don't want to have to babysit what they're doing. So do you open yourself up for other issues? Because if you do, do you know what you're even looking for?
0: Right, that's true.
1: No, I... I think you got to be careful. Otherwise, we become just like the banks are now where the loans officer is doing car loans, credit cards, mutual funds, mortgages, and then you don't do anything well.
0: Right. Jack of but all why trades. why I think our
1: broker channel is so successful is because we have enough to focus on just with changes and, and keeping up to date on the products and, and stuff out there with just that one area.
0: So, how do you balance, you know, obviously, you've got your team, you guys work together, you're busy. How do you balance your running your mortgage practice and your family?
1: Um, I don't come in on the weekends to the office, but I am accessible by phone. And I do try to call people back as quickly as I can. But if it is the weekends, people tend to understand that you're with your family and doing something. So it's never really been an issue for me. And... I always, there are certain days where I have things that I do for myself, but not even for my family, and I set, block those times off, and that's it. That's, that's for me, that's my time, and people are still okay with it. Like, they understand you still have to have a life, so.
0: Right. So, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's time blocking and having some boundaries around your access. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to move to the rapid fire questions. So these ones you can answer with a little bit shorter uh, answers Thanks. if you like. And so, what is the number one thing holding most mortgage brokers back from being successful?
1: Asking for the business.
0: So, okay, uh, i I, I say it's supposed to be short answer, but I'm going to ask you another question. How do you ask for the business? So what's what's your um, s- script?
1: Whenever I'm out talking to somebody and they say, "What do you do?" They, I say, "Well, I'm a mortgage broker. I work with." With six of Are there six of us in our office? Do you know anybody that's looking for a mortgage? Or do you know anyone that needs a mortgage right now? Ask. Because geez, so many people assume that you say I'm a mortgage broker, that means that you're going to get business. You don't.
0: You right. You've got to take it one step further.
1: Yep. And that's what I'd say half the people out there are afraid to do is ask.
0: So do you have like a, an internet resource, a program, software, or website that you use that makes your business more successful? Eximius. Eximius. I really use
1: Eximius, yep. Um, one of the things that I just started doing was I've now got my database set up so that if anybody has a um, birthday coming up, my program will send them an automatic email saying happy birthday with a picture of, of me and, and just nothing other than happy birthday. And, and it's amazing how many people will send you a thank you back and i mean i've even had you know comments back saying well it's really nice to see that you remember my birthday because nobody in my family did something like that but it's just simple but it just it it makes them feel like you still remember them simple simple
0: you know and what? It's also
1: for the renewals coming up we can phone them ahead of time say listen we need to be talking about it now and it, it, it's a good reminder it's so easy
0: so you you just send you do the odd like the email you don't call them or anything on top of it right? No, nope. no. Nope. Like once
1: in a while I'll call them if I've got like some time and I see that there's renewals that pop up on my my schedule. Absolutely, I'll give them a call. But if it's a busy day, I pop them an email and then they call me back and we set up an appointment. Good to go.
0: And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be?
1: Oh my gosh. I don't know. I can't even think of that right now. That's a rapid-fire question. I can't quickly answer.
0: That's okay. I'll we well. I'll leave it blank. Or if you email me something later, I'll add that in there. Okay. Okay. And uh, where so where do you think our industry is headed? Where's where's the opportunity right now as a mortgage bro? A new mortgage broker getting in, say the less than five years. Where's the opportunity?
1: Um. It's going to be a tough going, I think tougher than what we found getting into the business because you're competing about against the banks. I think the people need to start networking, the new brokers getting in need to start networking and figure out their own referral source and not just, oh I'm going to join this leads club or whatever and then they just show up and don't say anything and expect to get business or come and sit in an office and expect people are going to walk through the door. That's not gonna happen. Um, like a lot of my business now is, is referral, so I'm, I'm lucky, but for somebody getting out and going right now, they have to get out there and go face-to-face and meet people and tell them what they do, and that, that's, I think, their biggest challenge.
0: That, that actually segues perfectly into my last question, which is, so if, imagine if you woke up tomorrow, you had sold your business, and you move across the country to another place about the same size and you decide hey i want to become a mortgage broker again but you don't have any of your old contacts you're not allowed to call your old clients. so what would be the two or three things you would immediately do when you got to this new town to start building a mortgage practice uh,
1: first thing i would do is i would join the chamber of commerce i think that's extremely important because It it is a big part of the community. Um, I would find out what kind of organizations there are that are some kind of um, fundraising or social networks. For example, we have Festival of Trees here, which I've been involved with huge in raising millions each year for a community. So I would look for something like that in that community because when you go volunteer in many of these things, it's typically the movers and shakers of that community that are the ones leading the committees. So you wanna find out who the kingpins or the the key people are in that community and that's one good way of doing it. And it's good, you volunteer and you feel good about everything. Um, I would also go and meet the, the council members at the city hall, find out who they are, what they're like, what makes the city tick. Because if you can understand what is kind of the heartbeat of that community, then you know how to get involved, if you know what I mean. It's just networking. you, you just got to be not afraid to go find out who, where, who, what, how. You find the players that way. And even if they're not the ones that are going to give you the business, if they meet you, like you, they might remember you when they have um, employees that may need help or, you know, coworkers that are looking for some participation in it.
0: I like yeah. that. I like that. I've never actually thought about going to meet the city councillors. I mean, I've met a couple of them, but I've never made it part of my, you know, hey, let's, I'd like to just connect with them. Even if it's not about business, just about connecting, because they yeah. definitely have their connecting. pulse on the community. Yep. Yeah. Their finger I, on the I'd pulse. i
1: I know half of the ones here in the, in the city, and the mayor, um, and you get to know these people as well by getting on all these different committees out there, and it doesn't hurt. Right. They travel in very large circles of people.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you. So uh, are you guys hiring right now?
1: Um, Anybody that's got a license that would like to come and work with us is more than, um, we're more than happy to have them come and and meet us, see if we're a good fit for them, if they're a good fit for us. And absolutely. We're always looking to have new partners in our business here.
0: So where can people find you online?
1: Um, CentralAlbertamortgages.com or um, HID at shaw.ca.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Thanks. Sir. I love the, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get and the the advice of connecting with city councilors and just there's been lots of great stuff in here. So, uh, thanks so much for being on the show and our listeners can they can check out the show notes as well as the resources at i love mortgage brokering.com. Thanks so much, Heidi. Have an awesome day.
1: Thank you so much, Scott. Talk to you soon. Goodbye.
0: Bye-bye want to learn from the top five mortgage brokers in the country then you have come to the right place join scott peckford on i love mortgage brokering hi broker nation if you enjoyed this interview please take a minute visit itunes and rate this podcast if you do you'll get three deals in the next month okay that's not true but i would really appreciate it also i want to invite you to join me on a quest after every episode i personally take five minutes and think about one thing or one idea i can use to improve my mortgage business I encourage you to do the same. Over the next 12 months, I plan to do 100 interviews and make 100 improvements. I'm going to track these to see how they impact my business and more importantly, my bottom line. Visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com and post in the show notes what one thing you plan to do differently after listening to this interview and check out what other brokers are sharing. Also, if you'd like to connect with me, fire me an email at scott at I love hearing from passionate mortgage professionals who are interested in improving their business. Until next time, rock on.